0: Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast, followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean-Pierre de Cossard S.J. Book 2, Chapter 4, Section 8. Self-Guidance, a Mistake. God imparts to the soul in the state of abandonment by means which seem more likely to destroy it. There is a time when God would be the life of the soul and himself accomplish its perfection in secret and unknown ways. Then, all of its own ideas, lights, industries, examinations, and reasonings become sources of illusion. After many experiences of the sad consequences of self-guidance, the soul, recognizing its uselessness and finding that God has hidden and confused all the issues, is forced to fly to him to find life. Then, convinced of its nothingness and of the harmfulness of all that it derives from itself, it abandons itself to God to gain all from him, It is then that God becomes the source of its life, not by means of ideas, lights, or reflections, for all this is no longer anything to it, but a source of illusion. But in reality, and by his grace, which is hidden under the strangest appearances, the divine operation unknown to the soul communicates its virtue and substance by many circumstances that the soul believes will be its destruction. There is no cure for this ignorance. It must be allowed its course. God gives himself therein and with himself. He gives all things in the obscurity of faith. The soul is but a blind subject, or in other words, It is like a sick person who knows nothing of the properties of remedies and tastes, only their bitterness. He often imagines that what is given him will be his death. The pain and weakness which result seem to justify his fears. Nevertheless, it is under the semblance of death that his health is restored, and he takes the medicines on the word of the physician. In the same way, the submissive soul is in no way preoccupied about its infirmities, except as regards obvious maladies, which by their nature compel it to rest and to take suitable remedies. The languor and weakness of souls in the state of abandonment are only illusory appearances which they ought to defy with confidence. God sends them or permits them in order to give opportunities for the exercise of faith and abandonment, which are the true remedies. Without paying the least attention to them, these souls should generously pursue their way, following by their actions and sufferings the order of God, making use without hesitation of the body, as though it were a horse on hire, which is intended to be driven until it is worn out. This is better than thinking of health, so much as to harm the soul. A courageous spirit does much to maintain a feeble body, and one year of life spent in so noble and generous a manner is of more value than would be a century of caretaking and nervous fears. One ought to be able to show outwardly that one is in a state of grace and goodwill. What is there to be afraid of in fulfilling the divine will? The conduct of one who is upheld and sustained by it should show nothing exteriorly but what is heroic. The terrifying experiences that have to be encountered are really nothing. They are only sent that life may be adorned with more glorious victories. The divine will involves the soul in troubles of every kind, where human prudence can neither see nor imagine any outlet, it then feels all its weakness, and finding out its shortcomings is confounded. The divine will then asserts itself in all its power to those who give themselves to it without reserve. It succors them more marvelously than the writers of fiction in the fertility of their imagination, unravel the intrigues and perils of all their imaginary heroes and bring them to a happy end. With a much more admirable skill and much more happily, does the divine will guide the soul through deadly perils and monsters, even through the fires of hell with all their demons and sufferings. It raises souls to the heights of heaven and makes them the subjects of histories both real and mystical, more beautiful and more extraordinary than any invented by the vain imagination of man. On, then, my soul, through perils and monsters, guided and sustained by that mighty, invisible hand of divine providence. On without fear to the end, in peace and joy, and make all the incidents of life occasions of fresh victories. We march under his standard to fight and to conquer. Ex-evit vincens ut venturet. He went forth conquering that he might conquer. Revelations 6.2 As many steps as we take under his command will be the triumphs we gain. The Holy Spirit of God writes in an open book this sacred history, which is not yet finished, nor will be, till the end of the world. This history contains an account of the guidance and designs of God with regard to men. It remains for us to figure in this history, and to continue the thread of it by the union of our actions and sufferings with his will. No. It is not to cause the loss of our souls that we have so much to do and to suffer. But that we may furnish matter for that holy writing, which is added to day by day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. O oh, sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why are the lives of the saints so popular? and so powerful? Well, Falut de Kassad gives us a very interesting answer in tonight's chapter. He makes a comparison between the way God guides souls and the way the greatest novelists write about their heroes and heroines. He says that God's way of bringing the individual person through all the difficulties to a happy end is greater in its wisdom and its beauty and its artistry than the greatest novel, the greatest piece of literature ever written. In other words the story, the drama of salvation is greater than any drama the human imagination, no matter how great, has come up with. And so the lives of the saints, that is, the lives of those who lived heroically and very influentially, really show forth this divine wisdom. They exemplify not so much what the saints do, but what good things, what great things God does in his saints. That's the way St. Philip Neri used to talk. Don't say, he said, oh, what great things the saints do. Say rather, what great things God does in his saints. And so the history of these saints is his story, Christ's story. The prolongation of his own mystery, the prolonging of the incarnation here and now, the word-taking flesh in these people's lives, in the midst of incredible temptations, in the midst of incredible obstacles, in the midst of unbelievable family dynamics, cultural dynamics. The word-becoming flesh in this life, Christ's life entering into a soul in the amazing way that God brings it to himself the amazing way God raises up this soul. And so let us tonight thank God for his saints. Let us ask him to inspire us to read the lives of the saints. But let us also pray tonight in thanksgiving for the parents of those saints the mothers and fathers of those saints. Because today, February 4th, is a day in which the Dominican order, that is, the order of preachers founded by St. Dominic, they honor on this day their deceased parents, their mothers and fathers. Why? Because they realize how much their lives depend on their parents. They realize that almost everything they have is in some way traceable to their parents. And how many of the saints, how many of the priests that we know, even who aren't saints, the people who have helped us so much, how much do we even reflect on their parents? How much do we think about the parents of these saints? So often they've come down to history with hardly anything known about them. But they were instruments of this divine action. Those parents who gave the world these saints were instruments in the hands of God. Some of them are saints themselves. Some of them are canonized, but most are hidden and unknown. And so whether we are famous or not famous, whether we are parents or are not parents, we pray tonight in Thanksgiving, all those hidden souls who allow the world to know the power of God by the influence they have on others. All those hidden souls, physical and biological parents, but also spiritual parents, spiritual mothers and fathers who by their sacrifices and fidelity have been used by God to raise up the great saints which show the providence of God in all its beauty. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.